Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Grip Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth, the founder of Sisu and your host of the show. And uh, today, we have a couple of guests that I've known for about three years, I believe now. Yeah. So I'm here with uh, Shane and Clint Neal. And they are from the Neil team in uh, Texas. You used to be the Neil and Neil team, right? Yeah, still Neil Neil team. Yep. Okay. So they are out of San Antonio, Texas. And uh, I've, geez, I've had the opportunity to watch them grow their business like, like you can't believe. So when I started with you guys, you guys came up and met with me in Salt Lake. Mm -hmm. And how many transactions were you guys doing back then? Uh, we're doing probably a little over 200, maybe only. So. Okay, a little over 200. Last year, you guys did 450. And right. uh, it's it's super fun to do what I do. The most fun thing about doing what I do is I get to see people like you guys double <laughs> your business every year, which is, which is so awesome. That's like, that was my goal when I started Sisu. And being able to, to witness that with people like you guys is just, uh, you know, it really, really makes my makes my life fun so absolutely so anyway um maybe you guys could just back up in time you're over at kw how did you guys get in business how long have you been in real estate why did you work together as brothers some people yeah, do that's that the, the good thing we're actually twins so we uh <laughs> graduated from AM um in 08 and then we literally jumped right in real estate right after that we did both of us, we kind of are in the mindset of now oh, we're doing all this conquered on our own. And about four years in, we're like, uh, we need to like change this up a little bit. Let's uh, let's start building something a little bit bigger than ourselves. So that's really where we started putting a lot of time. So totally, we've been in the real estate business for 10 years, but six of it has been building the real estate team and really focusing on that aspect of it. Okay, so we're, we're at six years now. So you guys started your team in 2015. Correct. Yeah, that is the team cool. side of it. Yeah, going from solo agents doing everything ourselves for a good four years, and then rolling right into the team. Uh, the last, like Clint said, six years. So it it was kind of that not breaking point, but realizing that defining truly what we want out of the real estate industry in itself, and growing a business, and really working on the business, and getting the agents involved and all of that stuff. So that's where that transition happened about four years in and yeah. kind of here we are today with it. Yeah. And kind of even starting on the team side of it in the first couple of years, we're super, super heavy in production, making up a lot of it. And then that was kind of another breaking point of, Hey, we really want to kind of, everybody says you want to work on the business. Um, and that's what we really kind of took to heart. And I can say that's probably one of the hardest things to do is to really, even in a t- team atmosphere, cause I almost consider us, we're a true team, but it's, we're kind of set up in a team brokerage way, I guess, if you want to look at it, because we essentially, we don't make up much of the production at all. 10 to 12 deals a year, maybe is all we each will do. So that in itself, a feat was going from selling 75, 80 homes a year to 10 to 12 is 
that's a, that's a mind struggle. So going through that was a, definitely a challenge, but it was something that took about two and a half years and we're kind of at that now. So now we're really pouring back into it. And that's why we're, I see, I know that's why we're growing and obviously with CSU too. So. So you guys, you guys were doing indiv- as individuals, 75 homes a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. About, yeah, we were doing 75 and around each for yeah. that first four years, just burning the candle at both ends and nonstop. And we have no transaction coordinators, <laughs> just handling everything. It was crazy. Yeah. So we got to the, the phase of, okay, we definitely need, we need some leverage and uh, that aspect took time back. Cause it was getting, getting out of pretty crazy. Yeah. So it was really only, I guess, about the time we met two and a half, three years ago, that you guys really started saying, Hey, rather than working in the business, we're going to work on the business. Is that right? Yeah, that, that literally was. And the system side of it, I mean, it was a huge focus of the spreadsheets and all that to getting into what, a. When I saw obviously CSU and got introduced to that, and I was like, "Oh, there it is!" And then we just now here we are. <laughs> it's just kind of crazy to think it's already been three years. So, well, I'm just grateful, working we, on I'm grateful we could be a part of that journey with you guys. But what you guys have done is really incredible. I mean, she's I don't know what you're pacing for this year, but I think it's over 500 homes. And just like, how do you go from working in the business to less than three years later? You guys are doing over 500 homes. I mean, that, that is impressive, right? I mean, yeah. So, so talk about, talk about kind of how you guys made that shift. I mean, all of a sudden you guys were like, Hey, we're, we're overworked. We're burning out. And how did you make that shift? Yeah, I think, I mean, making first accepting the fact that my goals for what I wanted out of it were, not I said basically in the production aspect of it, we really wanted to get it to the business aspect of it and working on the business. And as everybody knows, it starts with the right people joining the team. So mm-hmm. really focusing, really growing as leaders. Uh, that was a huge thing of going from production focused to now people focused. That's a whole different animal of leading people. So really investing in that aspect of it and doing really everything to get the right people in the company and the right mm-hmm. seat, getting our organizational chart set up so that we could have a clear path of where we wanted to end up. To and, all the, yeah, and all that stuff takes time. That's what I think yeah. a lot of people think that it's like, Oh, we can do this in one year. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it is not. It's a, it's literally a process. And I'm both of us are so urgent. <laughs> I'm like nonstop. Everything's got to be done. So it's always been a struggle with that. But over the last few years, it's just kind of, I've really not pulled the reins off. It's just more of less just trying to succeed and push it through the people we've hired to do the job and just really step back and let them develop it. And that's what I think, I know that's what we've done the last two years really well because that's all I've been focusing on is doing that instead of trying to always jump in and try to fix it. (laughs) So step number one, surround yourself with the right people. Absolutely. Right. Uh, And you guys have attracted the right people. I've met, as you guys know, I've met with many people on your team several times and uh, they're definitely talent. Um, And that's really the, that's really the phase that I'm in, in our business right now. I mean, we just, we just went from about 12 employees to 25 employees this you know, just in the last 90 days. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really attracting and bringing those right people in to take the business to the next level. Right. So, absolutely. so we're in the midst of that right now at CSU, but, um, 
That is something you guys have done a great job of. I've, I've enjoyed my time with your team there. But one of the things you said, Shane, was you talked about being great leaders. So yeah, what makes the difference? Like, what is the difference in someone in real estate? I want to talk specifically real estate right now, even though it rubs off in other industries. But like, what is the difference in a great team leader versus a not great team leader? Like what, what are the things you do different on a daily basis? I honestly think that you've got to invest, you invest in your business to build your business, but you have to invest in yourself and the leadership capacity to know how to lead people. And I mean, really for us, I feel getting out of production and not having per se a bandaid of like, okay, well, we're still in production. We're going to kind of the number side of it that that can influence that in some degree, if you don't treat it like a business for us, when we pulled out of production and made that decision, realizing that leading through people in order to accomplish the overall goals, we're going to have to invest in ourselves. And that is, I mean, that's a day to day thing, learning every single day of how to be great leaders. I mean, it could be getting a business coach. It could be, just educating yourself on a proactive approach. Uh, I mean, that was huge. And you can elaborate on. Yeah, it's just always taking in stuff every single day. I think it's, I think it's a continuation every day. You're kind of building off of it because things happen every day. You learn from that you've never seen before. It's real estate, but it also happens in the leadership capacity too. And I think if you're just absorbing that stuff as you go and you just kind of take in a little bit of that, over time, it just builds on itself. And you, like I said, you can always be kind of raising your lid when it comes to a leadership capacity. But I think the willingness to, to always be learning, that's that's the difference. If you get the production side, the leadership side, I mean, you can float the line between the two, but they are very, very different in my opinion. Yeah. When you really start dialing in on kind of why you're in this business, because some people in production, that's awesome. That's what really drives them on my side. I'm like all business. I really want to, that's my why is to figure out that aspect. So I think it's just dialing it in. It goes back to goals and clearly defining where you want to end up. How's real estate going to be that vehicle for you to accomplish what you want to do? And anybody that comes into that organization, it's they're defined where they need to be as well. And they're in the right seat on the bus and to learn how to do that and put those people in, in the right seat and really look at their goals and all of that and have an organization that supports it is yeah, it's amazing people on the backbone that it all comes down to processes. We are a very, very system heavy team. Um, now it's we have dialed it back and over the years and well with CSU, I mean we yeah, saved a bunch of time, but now my philosophy is how simple can we get this and how streamlined that we can show and replicate what we've done over the years. And that's really that's really we're kind of in that honing in phase right now, I guess as you would call it, of really simplifying and bringing it all. Stuff is scalable. I mean, yeah. it's a lot easier to scale a couple systems mm-hmm. than 10 of them. So that's really that stage we're at as well. Okay. So I usually don't dive into CSU. We'll come back to CSU in a minute. <laughs> I know it's, I know you guys like use CSU at a very deep level to grow your business. But um, a couple of things you guys talked about. One is always be learning. So I like to say, you know, always constantly growing, but what, whatever the case is there, learn, you're always learning and growing. And my wife happens to be the best example of anybody I've ever met on this. She spends over $100,000 a year investing in herself, just in her growth. Yep. And uh, it's always impressed me 
because she's every year she's taking her life just to that next level. And I've seen you guys do that. So, but you talked about goals and one of the things I've noticed, cause I'm very close to her business is she's gone, you know, she's gone from five agents when she started on CSU as well up to 30 plus agents on her team. And I, I think you guys have done something similar to that. Um, but I remember her having one-on-ones and coming back, you know, she has one, she's always had one-on-ones every week with her team members. And now she has a, you know, a team leader that does a lot of those. And I get to do a few of those uh, for her so that I stay, you know, I stay involved in the business. But I remember when she used to feel like she was their personal life coach or counselor because they always came to her with their problems. But now her conversations have completely switched where she is talking numbers. Like do you guys have a dashboard behind you. I have a dashboard behind me. Yep. <laughs> when, when I meet with, with an agent and do a one-on-one and I know she does the same thing. The, I have the agent pull up their personal dashboard and then they pull up their personal agent accountability report. And we go through their pipeline and we see exactly what they have pending and all this stuff, okay. right. That you should do in a, in a one-on-one and it's completely changed the way she does business. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to just hear a little bit about that. Cause you talked about goals a second ago, uh, Shane. So talk a little bit more about goals and how you guys hold people accountable to those goals, with just the positive accountability. How, how do you guys manage your business from that perspective? And not let's talk about the agent's goals and then let's talk about your team goals. Yeah. On an agent level, I mean, it's very, very important when an agent comes on that we defined business personal goals because I think they're equally very important to me. Personal drives your business goals. So we really define that on a level of it could be a monetary. It could be really what is defining what is really important uh, to that agent. And you mentioned kind of the transparency of pulling up their dashboard, the pipeline reports. We have, I would say, a very accountability centric culture everything is transparent like the tv behind us we've got two other tvs this stuff mm-hmm. is running at all times we've got a lot of stuff integrated within slack as well so accountability is in a sense the culture but the transparency with goals with the agents is holding them accountable to their goals if they're telling us what they want to do we lay out a plan that's going to get them to that in a year and it's then putting that into sisu and allowing that system to tell us where we need to work with certain agents uh, on one-on-ones that we do every single week. Cause that's what I love about CSU. You can see if people are pacing, you can see if they're behind, you know where to coach an agent in order to accomplish their goals by a quick glance at the system. It's almost teaching them to, like, to run it like a business, to run their own bit, like within our team. And that's what we've kind of really kind of focus on too is teaching them to run it like we're running it because they have just enough um, or just the same data that we're looking at for their own business. So it's really yeah. looking at that and they can kind of audit themselves as far as what their, what their metrics should be, where they're at, where do they need to work on. And so it's really cool when you kind of go to some of these things and they say, well, I can tell I'm already doing this wrong. I know I need to work here. Well, the only reason they know that is because they're looking in CSU and they're looking at we're looking at metrics. It, yeah, like a business. And that, mm-hmm. that's a big goal is you're coming if in with goals. You're actually business. teaching your agents to run their business like a business. Absolutely. Right? I mean, everyone needs to treat their business like a business if they're serious. If not, they should probably get out of the business, right? You have to. And I think it's a hard thing. I mean, back in the day, we did not do this. Um, 
at all. And I think it's more or less, it's been me and Shane always looking at numbers and knowing where everything's at. But then when you kind of have that mindset shift, you're like, well, everybody needs to know this because everybody needs to know where they're going. <laughs> well, it was so hard to like so. put that out in like a visual format. So I think it was just, you kind of get paralyzed of like, okay, well, how are we going to get all this data compiled? CSU is, we look at it for the business. It looks the same as an individual agent on the team and we're talking the same language. So yeah. that's where over time, if you just keep having the same conversations, it, it becomes a resonate. And mm-hmm. uh, like I said, that's a big thing for us. The well, running like a business. Okay. So let's take the goals a little bit further to the business side. So you guys have gone from, 200 transactions to 500 transactions in a couple of years. Um, I mean, you guys set, you guys must have set some big goals because that doesn't happen if you don't have a vision for it. So let's talk a little bit about how you've accomplished that. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think a number one of that coming to jumping up in that kind of production level, it's like we were talking earlier, it's the right people. It's setting up the agents that come on the team to to succeed that's an organizational chart. It's it before is. we even say, okay, we're going to scale. It's you break down the systems. Well, can the system scale? Well, is our organi- organizational chart support that level of volume? So behind the scenes, there's a lot of work to get everything ready to do that. And I think that plays a very key to me. An organizational chart on laying out what that looks like is very, very, very important. And then diving into the scalable systems. Um, on that side of it. Yeah. And having constant flow of recruiting, like we have director of growth. That's all she does is we're always recruiting. We're always looking. That is a super important piece of it. Um, we're always putting it out there, what we're doing, getting content out there on different, all the social media platforms. I mean, there's nothing crazy. And I tell this to kind of everybody, there's nothing like crazy that we're doing. It's just like the secret sauce. It's just doing it. (laughs) You're, you're, you're measuring, right? You're not measuring what we're doing and we're just saying, okay, that's working. So let's do a little bit more over there. And it's just, it's that continuous, like every day. Yeah. The consistency day in and day out of kind of doing the same thing that you always hear about that. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, Oh man, it's all built. Well, that's kind of what it is. It's nothing. I mean, it's taken two and a half years to really one, get in a position of working on the business to putting scalable systems in place, that and the, which is in the organizational chart as well. So it's a process to get there. It's not, for us at least, it wasn't a wake up, let's add more agents and let's scale. I mean, that's the quickest way to blow it all up in my opinion. So you just really have to, we had to dial that piece in and uh, make sure that that was the foundation of it was set up correctly. So I've heard you guys talk about scalable systems several times now tell me what systems you were using three years ago and what systems you're using today like what what is what's been the shift there i think i mean obviously the the major one on the back end from a tracking standpoint we were using obviously cte from a spreadsheet it was actually we had a virtual assistant that came in and literally built all of how cte worked and then CTE came out. So then we kind of halfway transitioned into that. We ran that for a couple years. And then obviously CSU came on board when I looked at that and we started, we jumped right into that. I mean, we had, I mean obviously we used Boomtown as the main lead management CSU now, but backing up from that, it was 
Trello to CTE and really just spreadsheets for everything. Trello really helped organize that. Well, then CCU got the format of that. So we've kind of migrated over to that and really condensing it down to really Boomtown and CSU at this point. Okay, so you went from Boomtown, three years ago you had Boomtown, CTE, a ton of other spreadsheets, and Trello. Yep. And today it's just Boomtown and CSU. So we've been able to eliminate your CTE, which is really spreadsheets, mm-hmm. and your other spreadsheets, and also your uh, Trello. So that was a big thing. And I know you guys keep talking about scalable systems. And for me, like when I think about spreadsheets, that's a big part of why I started CSU. When I think about spreadsheets, I think about duplicate entry. Mm-hmm. When I think about Trello, I think about duplicate entry. I remember having that conversation with you guys about the duplicate entry. So how, I mean, has that made a major impact and no longer major have impact. duplicate entry? It has, it's a, I think it's an, it's an efficiency thing that I think the biggest time saver, I mean, I know I can't measure it down in the exact minutes and all that we save per deal, but it's substantial when we have TCs that are doing 40 deals in a month, one TC, I mean, handling everything. So I think that's very, very impressive when it comes to that side of it, of allowing them to be working in one well, system. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the transaction. I mean, yeah, we did a lot of that in Trello, but yeah, just moving that over alone mm-hmm. condensed everything um, on efficiency. So yeah. like we got virtual assistants that do it. They will just check things, but it's nothing like it was before of having to go enter in here, enter in here, and then submit. Now it's once you put it into the system one time, it kind of just flows throughout the entire process and this kind of ecosystem. So that's why I really love it. And I think you have to have that if you're going to build a team. And I think it is to me, it's almost a number one thing is you have to have scalable systems and just systems in general to build off of. I mean, yeah. Any business is built on systems and the people's number one and then the systems, but they go hand in hand. You've got to have stuff that people can follow that is proven successful and then it's replicable. You can just keep going. So yeah, I think I think a big part of it as well is when you're putting your data into a system, make sure you have reporting coming out of that system, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. the problem with, that's the problem with you know, in, or Monday or something like that. If if you're putting in all this data into Boomtown, and then you're putting all this data into a Trello, and then into spreadsheets. How do you how do you just bring all that reporting together? Yep, and that that's one that does definitely a really really good job with that. I know I look at that stuff a ton, but it's also even on the agent side. I mean, back in the day, it was the agents would have to go in and ask the virtual assistant, "Hey, what's a how much money am I making this month?" Well, then she'd go run the spreadsheet, pull it out, send to her. Now it's like they can click two times and see exactly what they have coming in, what they've closed, like so things like that. And it's puts well, clarity to business, mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it's, it gives an agent at their fingertips literally their business, not just the business owner. So, and just so you guys know, we just rolled a report out this uh, last week. I think that's rolled out that actually lets the agent see an income report very similar to what you guys see mm-hmm. your business, but it just lets them see it at a transaction level on their own business. So, If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. So anyway, you guys might want to, powerful stuff. You might, you might want to have your agents check that out. So We'll get on uh, it. <laughs> let's talk about today's market for a minute. I see people all over the board. There are some people that are really thriving in today's market. Obviously, listing agents are thriving. 
the number of transactions hasn't gone down. Some people feel like, oh, there's no inventory, but there's still inventory. The inventory are, there's more sales this year than last year. Mm-hmm. The only thing is the inventory doesn't last longer than a day or two, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a little bit different. The, the flow of that inventory getting on the market and then exiting the market is almost instant. So, you know, I hear people complain about 30 offers, 40 offers on a home that they're competing against. So what have you guys done in this market to, to just dial that in? And, you know, so many people, I think this, this biggest problem is you get this thought in your head that today's market is a challenge and you can't get through it. And, and you create that. It's a challenge and you can't get through it mm-hmm. versus coming up with a solution on how to, to grow your business even more and take market share. So what have you guys done in this market? I would say number one is training strategically how to navigate this market. And that comes with strategic ways to submit offers. Uh, It could be before, I mean, obviously before all of this, you had the ability of submitting offers and you're kind of in the driver's seat. Now it's, well, how do you approach this to be competitive in every situation? It could be anywhere. I mean, there's just so many tactics within, especially the contracts here in Texas what is appeasable to a seller? What legally can we do? So really seeking a bunch of resources to position ourselves as really experts in the negotiation, because at the end of the day, you get 30 offers, 40 offers on a home. How do you stand out? What can you do that's going to make you Mm -hmm. stick out? I mean, it can be calls to the listing agents, build the relationship with the listing agents. It's writing letters to clients. I mean, there's just so many tactical things. So we really invested a lot in the training of what, how are we going to stand out? And then we take, how are we going to stand out and define that on actionable items that we can do within the contract, outside the contract, really the controllable things. Yeah. And it's, it's a hard thing to say. It's like the market is so good. It can be bad, which is, I've heard that multiple times, but it's also, I think it's, the pivoting and being able to implement things um, when you know something can work because yes, there may be 30 offers, but I guarantee 28 of them are probably, or 25 of them aren't even written like they should be. So although there is a lot, I mean, in this city, I don't even know how many agents are now 12,000, more than 13,000, more than homes, more than homes. That's what I, (laughs) on the market. (laughs) So there's that many agents. Well, a lot of them, I mean, they may be either newer or they haven't had the proper training. Well, they don't truthfully know how to write a competitive offer. So although there may be a lot, there's still, you can make yourself stand out quite a bit. So you you just said something, Clint, that I think is, I think it's more crucial than ever that agents coming into the business and and probably even long-term, like it's more important than ever that they're on a team and, and have somebody like you guys coaching them and, you know, advising them on how to get, get things under contract in this market, having systems in place for them so they can focus on sales rather than focus on paperwork, you know, mm-hmm. just, just all those kinds of things. And, you know, as I look at this market, there are some powerful listing agents out there that will be around a long time because they know how to generate their own business. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, that standard agent coming into the, to the market today just a brand new agent. In my opinion, their chance of survival is almost zero if they're not on a team. How do you guys feel about that? It's hard. I mean, I can see it. I mean, I just, I mean, we can see a little bit of it, but some new agents, yeah, like I said, coming in right now, it's so competitive. It, 
it's really, really competitive. So if you don't have the proper training, one, they need to be coming in the business, realizing that training is the most important thing in my eyes, because that's how I viewed it when I got in. It was how much can I absorb and learn? So you have to have that mentality coming in with a wrong expectation of I'm going to sell 40 houses in a year as a new agent. Not saying it can't be done, but the reality of that in this competitive market, it is on top of being new. It is very, very difficult. It's just biggest advice I can get is training, training, training. Teams are a great resource on that aspect of it. They've got the proper stuff set up to do that. Super valuable. And I, I do believe that because, well, I'm partial to it because I have a team, but. Um, <laughs> That's the reason why we started the team too, because yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we succeeded at it at a high level and then we're like, turn around and how do we reteach this again? And that's why we're sitting here right now. I mean, that's literally what we're doing and how we're teaching the agents we have on the team to build an actual business that you don't always stay. And I know Jeff Cohen says, oh, you don't, you don't want to stay in the rabbit wheel forever. And then that resonates with us like crazy because no one should have to, if they do it right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I grew up with a dad who was in real estate. Um, he, he shifted off from his, he was an entrepreneur and he shifted from his one business and got into real estate. I'm not sure at what age, I would say probably late thirties, right around 40. And, you know, he actually created his own brokerage and had, you know, like a hundred agents and all that kind of stuff. But building a business was not possible in real estate back then, like it is now. Like these power teams, like you guys and, people doing a thousand homes and, you know, like the, it's tough to compete against somebody doing that kind of volume uh, as a, as a standalone agent um, just because of all the systems that you guys have in place because of the training that you have in place because of the lead flow you have in place. You know, there's, there's so much going on that, that makes it really tough for these people to compete. But, but I guess my point is like, it didn't used to be possible for a couple of guys like you to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to build this power team. And we're going to step out of the business. We're going to work on the business instead of in the business. And here, two years later, you're doing 500 homes plus a, a year. So, yep. so anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So congratulations, you guys, if you were to give advice today, just like to listeners and most of our listeners, not all, but most of our listeners have something to do with the real estate industry but it could even just be business advice. Like, like what is the one thing that you would say, make sure that you're doing this uh, as you grow your business? I'll, I guess I'll start. I would say if you're building a business and you're going to be working with people, having people on your team, know that investing yourself as a leader is not only going to raise your own lid, but it raises them to grow as well. I think I go back to the, a definition of finding your why. <laughs> yeah, it's why like, are you doing it? I mean, I know everybody says that, but it truthfully comes back to that. That is probably number one. And always be growing in, in the leadership aspect of it. That's my thing because if you do, if you don't do that, you'll hit a ceiling, and then you just want to keep growing big. And have or even if you're not on the leadership side, always be growing. Right? If you're if you're a new agent to the business, or even been in the business a couple of years, there's nothing more important you could do than to always be growing, right? Always, always your growing. skills Because otherwise you won't survive in this market. No, real yeah. estate, uh, it's a moving target and you've always got to be moving with it. And that's uh, 
that's kind of yeah, over the next two or three years, everybody knows it's going to look probably totally different. So it's just staying ahead of that and really just watching it and pivoting and having the ability to pivot. Um, I mean, I think that's the big one. I mean, we can work anywhere we need to work. Everybody on the team can, so we're set up in office and anywhere. So it kind of works, works pretty good on that aspect. So you guys have always, I mean, ever since I met you, you've always been like on top of just trying to see where the market's going and just set yourselves up to be successful, you know, before other people are successful. I mean, what is your vision of that? And you just talked about the market's changing. Everyone know, you said everyone knows the market's changing over the next two years. Well, what's happening? I mean, everybody sees it now. I mean, you're obviously your iBuyer stuff, the open door stuff, the Zillow from that aspect. The consumers are going there. I mean, it's just reality. They, I mean, we see it. We do have partnerships with Zillow and stuff like that, but it's where the consumers are going. So I think as an agent, people can build very successful businesses on referral stuff, but I think building teams and you've kind of had to have two best of both worlds. You want to have a steady lead flow on the intake, but you also want to have a very foundational solid referral business. And I think it can totally be done, but some people sometimes may get caught up in that. Oh, Zillow, Zillow, Zillow. But that's, I mean, man, the customers are there. It's just, yeah. that's where everyone's going. So, yeah, so you guys have embraced Zillow. It sounds like, uh, yeah, as a pillar of the business. Yeah, we do. Are you guys, are you guys in the Zillow offers program? Or are you, uh, we're in the Flex agent, Zillow Flex. What are you doing? Yeah, we're in Flex. Flex. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, and it's, everybody's kind of got philosophies when it comes to kind of the lead stuff and to me. And I know we've always felt this too, is getting, I mean, we had tons of different lead sources, but it's just building database and building long-term through they're spending the millions of dollars too on that stuff. So we yeah, just, it's just, at the end of the day, it's taking care of the clients and mm-hmm. they become your database. I mean, it's, you can get a client from any source, any type of lead generation, but it all comes back to the foundational piece of taking care of them. So it's, they're all pillars of business. Now I agree. You don't want to focus all your eggs in one basket. I'm a firm believer of that, but it's also utilizing all everything out there uh, to, yeah. to grow your business. Yeah. Okay. Um, great. Let's talk about some, some of the stuff on the personal side. Cause I know a lot of the times that I talk to you guys, you're up at your ranch or out <laughs> yeah. at your ranch. I don't know if that's up or not in Texas, but <laughs> uh, you know, here you'd be up in the mountains, right? <laughs> but, so you guys have a ranch you spend a lot of time at um, just like, how, how do you balance your lives? And it seems like you guys are able to work from, from any place you want, just whenever you want. Oh, for sure. And I think, yeah, COVID, I mean, it was detrimental to a lot of stuff, but it also kind of pushed us as an organization to really, and actually my mindset to be like, this can be done anywhere. So I think eventually it was going to be going to that anyways, but that kind of was a mind shift. I know both of us and people on the team of, it's just this business now can literally be done from anywhere. I mean, in my opinion, um, yes, you still got to show houses and meet people and stuff, but you can work from different areas. So I think, I think that was probably the big one. And it's probably over the last couple of years of when we kind of sat back and just decided, Hey, we've hired really, really good people. Now let them actually do their job and support yeah, them. us the freedom to, and it did, but it also let me where I wouldn't be in their way 24 seven and down their throat all the time. So that, and that's like on my side is I've always been that urgent, got to be in there, make sure it's going right. So I think the last two years, it's been a, been a heck of a lot more peaceful most of the time um really just 
sitting back and kind of watching and helping and supporting and it's been it's been a good journey so yep spend time at the ranch and try to go up there all the time and yeah enjoy that that's kind of my my time to recharge and then back at it uh during the week so and i think like clint said the virtual aspect really like I said, I think everybody enjoys the flexibility of that. So I think it all worked out well. I don't see us going back this hundred percent office mandatory. It's just, it I don't is, think, yeah, it'll never, I don't think it'll ever happen again. <laughs> people can come in and work, but kind of the philosophy, if you, people are doing the job and doing a really, really good job at it. That's like, that's all I want. That's all. Yeah. I want. It's, it's all about results, right? Whether they're, whether they're agents or whether they're admin, you, you need to understand what they're doing. What the, what are their results? Right. That's right. If they're doing the job, the hired for, and doing well at it, I mean, I mean it opened our I, mind up when uh, we hired a transaction coordinator out of Dallas. I mean, it opened our pool of talent up to where, okay, well, let's look out further. We can transaction. We can do that easily out of another city as well. So it, it opened our mind up on that aspect of mm-hmm. it as well and going great. So, I mean, it, I think it's going to be a continue to grow on that. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are going to now, now that you see that things can be done virtual, you see there's an opportunity for you to expand into other markets. Absolutely. Yeah. So is that, is that kind of your growth plan for the coming years? Yeah, it is. We're kind of in the midst right now of expansion within the team. Uh, really cities outside of San Antonio, we're right in the midst of getting into that. Got one person that we're rolling out here pretty quickly, but even the admin side of it, like, kind of my last statement, even eventually we'll go out to further bigger metro cities here in Texas, but even just on an admin side, this transaction corner is out of Dallas. So that that was a huge thing on that. And then on the real estate side, we're, we're definitely expanding within cities close to San Antonio for starters. So you're one, ad, do you only have one admin person right now? One TC? Oh, yeah. no, no. We have, uh, we have two that are here in San Antonio and one that is the most recently hired one that's in Dallas. In Dallas, you just hired a new one. Okay. Okay. That one is yeah, 100% virtual. They're all really virtual now, but she's in just a totally different city. So that was, that was, I mean, I think it's, it was something that I had to get out of my mindset of, oh, they have to be here. That's just not how this works anymore. So that just, we pushed ourselves and it working well, working really well. But Lynn, it sounds like you've gone from being a micromanager to <laughs> letting people grow and, and do something. <laughs> Is that yeah, right? well, that's, that's exactly, I mean, the leadership side of it, that's where we had to grow and realize and get out of our own way. And that's, that's what happens when you start going through that. Yeah, I don't know if I'd call it micromanaging because I think it was more or less just in my mind of always being like, okay, is this right? Is that right? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? Like, I would never really, I probably did transpire that down to them, but, <laughs> but uh, a lot of it was in my mind too. And it's just letting it go essentially. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's awesome that you guys, you know, you're twins and I think twins have an unfair advantage over most siblings <laughs> in being able to work together, but yeah, uh, it's different. So um, like, where do you guys want to be in five years from now? This business, it sounds like is going to be growing on its own. Are you guys getting into ancillary businesses at all? Or where do you guys want to be in five years from now? Yeah, I think obviously our vision is having the ancillary businesses of the mortgage title, all of that surrounding it. I think being a one-stop shop of really someone comes into real estate and it's really the experience is completely uniform across the board. And that is all the ancillary businesses. I mean, honestly, I, I would say 
putting a limit on the goal of production and all of that in five years. It's honestly about the right fits, their goals, people coming in the organization. It's going to grow at the rate of the people that we attract and want to partner up with in it. And I, like I've never, I don't want to force goals on that aspect of it because it's more about partnerships of what people want to do and where good fits working together. It's kind of really sky's the limit. I, it could be, I have a big goal of it being very, very large, but it's also dependent on everything else into that. So. Sure. Okay. Um, what do you guys like to do in your personal time? Man, I've have recently, a. Uh, a new baby. Um, so that, and Oh, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So juggling that with another little, little over two year old has been fun. So involved definitely with that and hunting, fishing, we're big outdoors people. Uh, that's really my time to, like I said, recharge. Yeah. I'd say the, the recharge zone is at the ranch or fishing somewhere, hunting some crazy place. And <laughs> that's yeah. about it. That's kind of my two hobbies that I really, really focus on besides so you guys do that mostly in texas when you guys get outside of texas where where like what's your favorite place outside of texas um i like colorado wyoming those are yeah good places i uh, think the most extreme we went to about what four years ago i was like let's google the most extreme hunt in the world ended up going to kyrgyzstan which is way out there you know afghanistan over there so we went out there and went hunting for i don't know we were gone 14 days or something and that was just a crazy experience to go up in the mountains and do that so that's kind of how we live what's uh what's the most extreme let's go do that so so that was in afghanistan well it's it's near kyrgyzstan it's in that general vicinity it's near uh, afghanistan okay so the closest i've been which is right next to it is dubai and uh which is in the UAE and uh, I've also been to Qatar. So I've been out there as well, but uh, anyway, awesome. You guys, is there anything uh, else you'd like to share? I guess the one, the one last question I have for you is like, if people want to grow, what's been the best source of learning and growing for you guys? Me, it's, I think it's a coach to be honest. Um, it's, it's kind of finding one too. Everybody kind of, they'll come into the business. Let's say a new agent. I mean, there's different levels of all kinds of coaches, but if you see yourself in the future and you say, I want to be doing this much business, I feel that you need to find someone that has been there and done that. And they have been down that road and lining up to the same vision that what you're trying to create. Yeah. That was probably the biggest um, thing that I know me and him did in the beginning and still do. It's just always meeting people, always talking to people that are, where I want to go and what, what they're doing. And I want to mirror that. So yeah. I think it's just always, and it's not hard. I mean, with social media and all this stuff in today's time, and you'll find that a lot of those people, they're like the willingness to help is crazy. Nope. You'd be surprised how many people don't reach out to them. And when you actually do, they respond. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of them are willing to help for free, but I know the, they are. In addition to that, you should, you should probably hire a coach that you pay. Right. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of twofold. You kind of do a little bit of both, kind of mix that. Mm -hmm. Just getting perspective. That's all we did. We just got perspectives from everybody of how they saw their business run, how it ran. And then we just kind of took it all together and pieces of all of it and then just molded it together. <laughs> so we're not reinventing the wheel by any means. We're just making it roll a little faster. <laughs> all right, you guys. Well, if I wanted to, uh, to reach out to you to learn more about what you guys are doing, uh, what would be the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, shoot me a, a text or give me a call. I would say call me. I can 
Say my number, 210-413-9301. And our emails are super simple. It's my first name's Clint, and obviously his is Shane, but the domain is at neilteam.com. So it's Clint at neilteam and Shane at neilteam.com. Yep, more than happy to help. Anybody has any questions? I mean, we do little mastermind calls. People reach out to us, pick our brains. I, I enjoy it. It's what it's all about. And by all means, looking forward to it. And I can attest to that. These guys are always willing to help because I go to them asking for, you know, their, their advice and their opinions on a lot of things. So uh, they've given some great, great feedback on, on what we should be as a platform for this business. So anyway, you guys, thanks for everything. I'm grateful to have you guys as customers. Thanks for being on today. Uh, For you listeners out there, if you would go give us a review, that will allow us to get more powerhouse teams like uh, the Neil team on our show. So again, thanks everybody. And we'll catch you next week. Thank Thank you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U.co. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.